Sales is King, episode 65. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sales is King. I am Dan Sixsmith. I am your host, and I believe that sales reps and sales leaders are at a crossroads in 2018. They're in danger of being disintermediated and displaced. And if they do not transform themselves, they will fall victim the way other companies have done so, the blockbusters, the sports authorities, and others. So, Sales reps can choose one of two directions. Embrace the new requirements. Embrace what buyers are looking for today. Change their style. Add new skills and become a top flight seller. Or they can choose to cling to their old ways and watch their sales numbers decline. Similarly, sales leaders need to change their skills. They need to be great coaches. They need to be great leaders. They need to be more than just pipeline managers. And they, too, have faced a crossroads. And that's what we talk about in this podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please reach out to me and let's get acquainted, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. So getting into today's episode, you know, there were a couple of um, interesting articles last week that talked about the first sales meeting, your first meeting with a new prospect. And, um, you know, it got me thinking that um, there was this very, very um, disturbing and interesting statistic from Forrester. Um, It's about a couple of years old, so I'd like to get some updated information uh, on it. But it said that only 17% of salespeople get a second meeting. Let's take a, a minute to digest that. Only 17% of salespeople, we're talking about B2B, um, get a second meeting. Less than two of us are getting a second meeting in all of the sales encounters that are out there today. Um, that is troubling. Um, that is troubling. It tells me that we are botching the first meeting. Um, We're going in there and we are not impressing. We are not being asked back. The prospects are going into witness protection uh, after that first meeting. And we're spending months and weeks and years even chasing them for the follow-up meeting a meeting that's never going to happen. So why is this happening? Um, Why are only 17% of us getting a second meeting? And again, um, there's a lot of research uh, published. There's a lot of buyer surveys um, where they're talking about, you know, what sales is doing wrong. Um, So 
we need to kind of take a step back and we need to put together a game plan for the initial meeting because the initial meeting is critical, right? I mean, obviously so. Um, you don't want to get yourself into a one-and-done situation. Uh, the more of these initial meetings that you can carry forward, um, the greater chance that your sales are going to increase, that your quota is going to be met or um, uh, surpassed, which is what we're trying to do here. So, um, you know, we have to kind of put together this roadmap. I put some points together, which I'll walk you through. Um, and we need to use this really as a blueprint for all of our first meetings. Um, you know, uh, we've heard the expression over and over again, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's what this first meeting is all about, right? It's about making an impression um, and a positive impression, um, an impression that's going to um, push the prospect uh, to move forward in the conversation. If we don't make a good first impression, we are, it's game over, right? Um, and you're going to go back into the, um, you know, the email uh, trailing, which um, is a waste of your time and the prospects. So let's go through a few of the points. Um, some of these I've mentioned before in other episodes. Some of them we haven't given a, a lot of attention to. Um, so let's go through them. So first and foremost, um, we've got to do our research, right? Uh, we talked about in the last episode, we can't go into these meetings ice cold. We can't go in and wing it. So we want to do our research um, we want to do our homework. And that starts with um, understanding, number one, the prospect, him or herself. You know, who is going to be in that meeting? Um, one or many people get their names, get their titles. Go research them on LinkedIn. Uh, find out their histories. Any company crossovers with customers that you currently work with. Um, any company crossovers with key folks from your network or folks in your company that may have worked with them in the past at that particular organization. So look for the commonalities, um, number one, on LinkedIn. Secondly, let's go to the other social channels, right? Let's see what they're sharing on Twitter. Let's see what they're sharing on Facebook. Um, let's see what they're posting on Instagram. What drives them? What are their passions? Uh, what are they passionate about? What are they talking about um, on these social channels, right? Number three, we're going to Google and we're going to research that individual or uh, individuals and anything that they've been in the news articles um, about what they've been talking about, any videos, um, any speeches they've given. We need to do all of this homework on the individuals, number one. Number two, we need to do company homework, we need to see what the company is sharing on the social channels. So go to their LinkedIn page, go to their Twitter page, go to their Facebook page, go to their Instagram. If Snapchat is um, relevant, go there. See what the company is passionate about, what their direction, what their focus is. Go to their, um, go to the go to their website, right? See for any press releases. Go to Google and search news and see what's happened recently in the company what they're targeting in terms of um, forward growth, any issues that they may have had. Start to jot this stuff down. Start to 
jot down some questions you have about it, things that you want to learn from uh, the prospect team when you go in there, right? Um, so you go to their website. Um, also, public company, go to the 10K, the 8K, the quarterly reports, um, tons of information in there. So you see what I'm saying? This is, this is not a, a five-minute exercise, okay? This is hours. Um, this is hours. Um, and this needs to be put down in your CRM, um, in your contact management, wherever you keep this information. Um, so you have it. So th- this, is, this is multi-hours of investment before a meeting to get a handle on what is going on with that organization. Um, you should never walk into a company and start asking them, you know, uh, what are their challenges? Yeah, okay. I mean, certainly that's a key question, but we should know ahead of time what we think their challenges might be. And we'll be establishing credibility in that meeting with the homework that we've done. That's the key, because where things go south for salespeople is the trust level and the credibility level. When you come in and they think you're out to lunch or they think you haven't done any homework, they don't trust you and it's game over and they're gonna close their ears and they're gonna be thinking about the next meeting after yours and they're not gonna be able to get you out of the office fast enough, okay? Um, I say it from experience because I've been in situations where I haven't prepared enough uh, going back a ways. Um, and I've learned from my mistakes. And um, I'm sure you have too. But in today's digital era, we don't have an excuse because there's so much information um, at our fingertips. And we need to get that information and leverage. So that's number one. Number one, research and homework critical before that first meeting. Number two, and I've said this ad nauseum, and I don't care if I say it every episode, your social profile. Um, what does it look like when they are going to research you as well? They're going to do their homework on you and your organization. So what do they see when they go to LinkedIn? Can they get an understanding of your personality? Do they see someone who's active, someone who seems to be um, interesting, right? Are you uh, have a bunch of articles and shares up there? Are you doing some videos? Um, have you been interviewed on any... Um, publications or programs, um, you know, they're drawing some conclusions based on you before you come in. If there's nothing there or there's a sparse uh, LinkedIn profile, the trust level is going to be plummeting before you get in there. Um, Similarly, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, two other key social channels where you should have uh, an active profile, we should be sharing content where you should be establishing a point of view. Um, so the social profile. Um, next, Google, right? Um, what happens if the prospect Googles you? What comes up? Have you ever Googled yourself? Google yourself. Does someone show up in a, in, you know, a country far, far away that's not you? Um, is there anything interesting that comes up? Certainly, if you've been um, active, if you have a blog, if you have a, um, a vlog, um, if you have a podcast, if you shared quite a bit on social, um, Google is going to bring this stuff up. So um, we must cover our bases with Google, um, with search, and with social 
to make sure our profiles are up to date so that our first impression, so the first impression that the customer gets of us when they research us is favorable and that they have um, an open mind going into the meeting and they're actually going to be looking forward to meeting with you and possibly have some questions for you about some of the stuff that you've shared. So that's number two. Number three, um, we've heard this quite a bit. There was a most recent um, Miller-Hyman study, uh, the big uh, sales training and consulting group, um, that, you know, B2B buyers, uh, they turn to salespeople uh, only a small percentage of the time initially. Um, it was down low. I think it was about seventh or eighth on the list. What they do turn toward uh, and look for initially are what they call subject matter experts, people that know their craft, that know their solution, that know the industry, that are well-known for the particular solution. So it's very simple. Um, if you can be a salesperson that's a subject matter expert, you just moved up from seventh on the list to first, okay? so. Again, we've been talking about how do you make yourself a subject matter expert? Um, well, you need to learn everything you can about your company, about your product, how it works. Absolutely, that's a given. But you also need to learn um, about what the product does or the solution does to solve customer problems, right? Um, how you've done it in the past. Um, and, and, and write about this, right? So you need to, you know, understand, we talked about this in one of the very early, early uh, podcast episodes. Um, if you're going to sell tractors, you need to understand farming, right? You can't go in and talk about just the, the nitty gritty of the tractor. You know, you need to go, if you're going to be selling farmers, you need to understand farming and you need to know how tractors help farming in the bigger picture of farming. So you need to understand the bigger picture that your solution plays in, right? And how it's helping to drive uh, digital transformation, sales transformation, customer experience transformation, whatever um, your prospects are trying to achieve today, um, you need to understand the bigger picture. You need to um, evolve into a subject matter expert. So when, when the prospects begin doing the research, I, I talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, when the prospects begin doing research, um, you should be part of that research because you're going to pop up uh, when they're starting to look at um, your solution or when they're starting to talk about some of the issues and challenges. They're going to see you being interviewed. They're going to see your YouTube video. They're going to see your podcast on this subject. They're going to see your article or articles on this subject, right? Um, they're going to see your LinkedIn video um, or your interview, you interviewing somebody, one of your customers. You know, they will see you um, as part of this process. So you've got to move from salesperson to subject matter expert. That is number three. Crucially important. And you must take a step back right now and say, am I a subject matter expert or am I just a salesperson? If you're not saying you're a subject matter expert, you need to figure out how to become one. If you need help with this, reach out. Um, I'm happy to help you. Next, 
Okay, so we get to our meeting. The most important thing that we need to start with is the agenda, okay? Again, you cannot go in and wing these meetings. Um, you should have sent out an agenda ahead of time, which incorporates what the prospect is looking to achieve in the meeting. What are their goals for the meeting? That's the most important thing for you. What do they want out of it, right? Uh, they want a demo. Do they want uh, you to walk them through client testimonials? Do they want to see more of your point of view? And that's the other thing, by the way, uh, when we go back to look at um, profile, uh, point of view, right? If I go to your social profile, do I see a point of view or do I see a haphazard, uh, you know, tranche of just random shares and or, or nothingness, you know? So a point of view is important. Take a step back and ask yourself, what is your point of view uh, when you go to sell people? Do you have a point of view? If not, you need to come up with one um, and stick to that point of view. So we're on the agenda. We go in um, prior to the meeting. We're going to talk about and ascertain what the team wants to achieve on the prospect side of the house. Um, and then from there, we're going to reverse engineer the agenda to make sure we check all those boxes, that we touch all those bases, and that we um, put together an agenda that's going to fit within the timeline. Is it 30 minutes? Is it 60 minutes? Is it 90 minutes? And then work backward to make sure that you get to everything, right? Um, you don't want to run out of time in these meetings. So you need to orchestrate this um, to make sure it fits in, okay? If they want to see a demo, um, you don't wait until five minutes before. Um, you make sure that you get to that demo um, and that you get through the initial part of your agenda. Um, so agenda is critical. It's the roadmap. Um, it should be uh, approved and validated by the prospect organization uh, beforehand so that everyone knows what the plan is and there's a very well-developed process um, and flow for the meeting. Um, very important, right? Everyone is in lockstep. Everyone feels good. Everyone on board and marching together. Um, that is number four. Number five. And, you know, I've talked a lot about this. We've heard a lot about this. You know, being more consultative, asking questions, being inquisitive, and being curious. And I've said it even numerous times. You know, curiosity um, is one of the 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 new the newer skills of the modern salesperson. Um, and I still believe that. But you know, uh, one thing there's one step we might be missing uh, before we talk about questions and discovery and all of this stuff. You have to earn the right to ask these questions. You have to earn the right to ask questions. You have to earn the right to be more consultative and engage in discovery. How many times have you recently had somebody reach out to you that you don't know um, that started asking you questions about your business? And you're saying to yourself, where do you come off? you know, asking me questions about my business. I don't even know who you are, right? So we, we, can't, we cannot skip over this step 
of earning the right. So how do we earn the right? So I've already told you a few of the steps. You earn the right by having credibility. You know, you earn the right by having subject matter expertise. You earn the right by doing the research and having knowledge, demonstrating knowledge of the company and some of the issues. You earn the right in that little preamble, um, in the initial kind of opening, uh, where you start to talk about the agenda. Um, You earn the right by um, getting a positive review uh, on your social profiles, right, if they're researching you. So that is critical. The credibility part, uh, the earning the right part, um, has to occur before people are going to divulge any information to you. Don't start ripping off questions um, without establishing that. Uh, Credibility um, and subject matter expertise. So, So that someone would want to answer your question, you know, um, so, so let's definitely keep that in mind. Um, that is the next point. Uh, the next point, um, is this going to be a conversation, this meeting, or is it going to be a monologue? Jimmy Fallon, uh, you know, stand up. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it. The salesperson blathering on for 90% of the time and the prospects barely getting a word in edgewise. This should be the exact opposite. It should be 75-25, prospect doing the talking, okay? They need to tell you what's going on, and they need to feel like they've been heard, okay? And I've talked about this. You, you know, we've talked about this on previous episodes. When you meet somebody for the first time um, and you leave a conversation and they spoke for 90% of the time and you spoke for 10% of the time, how do you feel? You feel like, oh, okay, you know, is this somebody I want to meet again where he's going to talk my ear off? Um, or, you know, if the flip side occurs or if it was like a 50-50 even conversation or, you know, you spoke a little bit more, uh, they asked a lot of questions. Wow, you know, you'd say, wow, that's an interesting person. So we talk about sales conversations for a reason. They have to be conversations. They're not monologues. They're not stand-up routines. Um, so if you find yourself talking a lot, you better stop yourself um, and take a step back and take a pause um, and get the other side of the table talking. Ask for feedback. Ask for for, uh, reactions to what you've said. Um, Make sure you're uncovering the issues. Um, Without a problem, there's no sale. And again, I refer to uh, Keenan, um, Jim Keenan, who you guys should follow. Um, Without a problem, there's no sale. So you have to go in there and diagnose. You have to diagnose. And you don't diagnose by talking for 100% of the time. You diagnose by asking um, and earning the right to ask. Okay, the next point. Are you delivering value? Not only value, are you delivering unexpected value? Are the prospects pleasantly surprised in this meeting um, with the value that you are delivering, Uh, whether it be, um, you know, which is the next point, but we'll do them together, insights, right? What are insights? You know, do you have some commercial insights that you can deliver to the prospect based on your other customers in similar industries um, or folks in similar roles? Do you have success stories, right, uh, or data points 
Um, what can you bring to the table that's not on your website? Right. The last thing the prospects want is a regurgitation of the website or the white paper or the video that's on your, your website. They've done that already. They've seen that already. You know, your value comes with what you can bring that they haven't seen, that they haven't heard, that they haven't watched. You know, that gets their attention, right? Insights, um, trends, you know, things that they didn't know uh, were going on around them or things that they weren't necessarily sure that you and your company could help with um, or stories of, again, um, you know, how have, how have companies benefited by knowing you and by knowing your company, right? Um, that's value. That's unexpected value. That gets you a second meeting, okay? Regurgitating the website gets you, uh, you're in the 17%, okay? They're, they're locking the doors behind you after, but, you know, after you leave, right? They're locking you out, never want to see you again. They're moving to a different location, right? They don't want to be harassed. Um, they're changing their phone. You know, I'm taking this to an extreme, but, you know, they're changing their phone numbers. They're just like, hey, we never want to see this guy or gal again, right? So unexpected value and insights, incredibly important. The next point, and we talked about this, but we'll say it again, uncovering a need, finding a problem, right? Why are they meeting with you in the first place? Um, there had to be an issue. Right, so you must uncover the issues, the challenges, the goals. Right, what are the goals of the team? What are the goals of the individuals? Right, um, are they being measured on something where you can help them achieve personal success? You know, now we're starting to get people's attention. Are you asking about their their personal uh, goals? You know, their individual business goals that they're going to be evaluated on or the team you know can you help them achieve their goals now you've got their attention okay um have you uncovered the needs have you found the challenges you do this by asking the questions um and we've gone over a whole episode on on key questions to ask um but 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 it's not an interrogation. And we talked about this. I'm just going to back up for a minute on the questions. It's not an interrogation. You know, the insights come. You, you deliver some insights. You tell some stories. You validate. You listen. You know, um, you're not just, you know, rambling off questions um, and, and like you're, you're a, you know, a census taker. Uh, you know, so that's, that's key. Just, just a quick aside on that. So you've uncovered needs you know, um, you've connected with them on their personal uh, and individual goals. You know, you've elicited some emotion from them. There's a lot at stake here, you know, and you've uncovered this, which is key. And you're positioning yourself as someone that can help them. And now, again, you have their attention. There's a good chance you're coming back for another meeting. Next, um, have we minimized the risk that the prospect perceives in moving into the process with us? We know that um, we know that our customers and prospects, and even ourselves, 
to a certain extent, are risk averse. We are risk averse. Uh, neuroscience tells us that we move, uh, we'd rather move away from a pain than toward a gain, okay? Uh, we take action when there's some pain, you know? So when we've uncovered the process, if we've uncovered a problem, um, we're in good shape. And if we could show them how to move them away from that problem, we're in better shape. And if we show them that there's less risk in moving forward with our solution than the status quo, then we are on the goal line. I'll say it again. If we show the prospect that there is less risk in moving forward with our solution than the status quo, we are on the goal line. Because where things start to come apart is this whole notion of risk. And that prospects don't want to stick their neck out. They'd rather stay with their comfortable current environment. And it's our job as salespeople to go in there and kick the door down in terms of uh, current status quo. We have to show them that they have to run out of this burning building that they're in called the status quo. That's what we do. That's what you have to show them. The status quo is a burning building that they need to run out of and run out of now. Think about it. Next. Um, yeah, we talked about the status quo. Um, you know, more and more articles today say the status quo is what is doing in companies. It's doing in individuals. Um, the, the script has actually been flipped on us. Um, not stepping out, not making a change is actually, in the digital world, is actually uh, dangerous. More dangerous. Standing still is more dangerous than stepping out and taking a risk in 2018, 2019, and going forward. Um, last couple. Do we know the buying process, right? How do they make decisions? Who holds the budget? Um, who is the ultimate decision maker? Who are the influencers? How do they typically make decisions? Who else is involved in this game with us? Um, how long is the process? When are they going to make a decision? All of this information you need to um, ascertain um, in your first meeting. Because you know what? Um, if the process is that um, they're interviewing vendors over these first three weeks and then you need to get back in touch next month. You know, if you, if you don't know that, if you don't ask that, then you walk out of the meeting and you start firing off follow-up emails the following week. You're going into the delete basket and, and you're out. You know, so you have to ask the questions about the process, about the people you should be following up with. Who should you follow up with? These things sound basic, guys, but they're important. And sometimes we overlook them. And if we do... Um, you know, we walk out of there and say, hey, it was a great meeting. And then it's like, hey, what happened to these guys? You know, they're not returning my email. They're not returning my call. And I don't want to see you go there. Um, the last point, you know, and one of the things they mentioned on, um, on this um, article from uh, the Rain Group, and I like these guys, you know, they talk about building rapport. And, um, you know, I think that's important, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a different spin on it. This is not, 
you know, and they even mentioned it in the article, which I cringed when I saw it. It's like they're talking about going into someone's office and commenting on the, the pictures that are on their desk. And I was like, come on, guys. You know, that's like sales in the, in the you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Um, building rapport is going to happen through all of these other steps that we talked about. You know, the rapport is going to organically happen when we come in prepared, um, you know, when we are a subject matter expert, right? When we do have a good profile, when we have set an agenda that they agree to, when we have earned the right to ask questions and we have credibility, um, when we have had a conversation and not a monologue, when we have provided unexpected value, when we have delivered insights, when we have uncovered a need, when we have minimized the risk of going forward, when we have demonstrated that the status quo is dangerous, and when we have asked about the buying process, then we have created rapport. Rapport is organic out of all these other steps. Rapport is not going in and backslapping and glad-handing and, you know, asking about you know, the family and the Super Bowl and, you know, all this jazz that we've known about uh, the prototypical salesman uh, doing this type of thing. It's fine to be nice. It's fine to be liked. But unfortunately, there's a lot of likable people, a lot of sociable people in that 17%, uh, not in the 17%, but in the 83% that's being shown the door, Okay. Um, it's not all about likability. It's not all about um, relationship per se on its own. It's about all of these other things. So uh, we went a little longer today. Um, thanks for hanging in with me. There are a lot of different um, components I wanted to cover with you guys on this because it's so critical. Because think about it. Um, you know, if only 1.7% of us are going to um, 1.7 out of 10 are going to a second meeting. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, and we don't want to miss this opportunity. So before you go to your first meeting, your next first meeting with a customer, think about these critical points, um, the critical blueprint that you need to have in place so that you can go in and make sure that you move on to the next meeting. Do it. Peace.